3 o'clock in the afternoon on Monday. I am drinking a glass of wine. I just got home from a meeting. I'm drinking a glass of wine despite the fact that Mike and I decided, again, that we're not going to drink alcohol Sunday to Wednesday and only consume alcohol Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And that's not to say that we are going to binge on those days, but just that we are going to limit our consumption to the weekend-type days. Um, but I forgot about that, and I never, I rarely have anything to drink at this time, but I, ha I do admit that I have shot a ounce of tequila here and there. Not recently, but definitely on days when I feel like I don't want to, I just need something. Yeah, I like to kind of take the edge off, but not really take the edge off, because I think of taking the edge off as when you're like really, um, anxious and yeah maybe it has been to take that job that's not what I feel like I'm doing right now um right now I feel depressed and I know why it's because I didn't sleep as well as I should have and you know the hard part is like I never I hardly sleep well anymore it's the nature of having a child who never sleeps through the night so I did spend half the night sleeping with my child trying to get him to sleep, which is good for him because he sleeps when one of us is sleeping beside him. But I had injured myself in a crappy Sunday night mixed Masters League that I play in with Mike last night. And I was feeling a lot of pain, so I was icing myself a lot last night, and then just was really uncomfortable, so I couldn't sleep very well. And then I woke up this morning, and I'm still in pain, and just that like added level of discomfort just means I'm extra irritable, and so I get frustrated and angry at things quicker than I normally would. So that plus the sleep depri deprivation. And of course, I was frustrated this morning trying to leave the house and getting everyone out the door. And I was just like, I don't fucking care anymore, which is what I where I get to. And like, I don't care if he eats before he leaves. I don't care if he's dressed. I don't care if he has a lunch, except I do care if he has a lunch because then he has to, it's, you know, extra pressure on my mom to figure out how to feed him. So I have to at least not just pass all my shitty experiences on to the next person who's taking care of our child. So anyway, I'm just feeling like shitty, even though I had a really great meeting where I was, we were, it was a meeting 
being on the experiential learning curriculum committee for Guelph Humber for the psychology department and we were just talking about the ways in which experiential learning comes about and you know part of me got really excited because you know I like thinking about new models of post-secondary education and new models of all education now as I have alluded to and discussed before but anyway then there's like this point where it feels too big and unmanageable and then I I can feel frustrated with the system and with my inability to do all the things that I want to do and I think that's more of what I wanted to talk about today because I was recently reading and learned about a term called existential depression let me see if I can find it here in that book I know where it is um, I just don't know if I can find it quick enough. Okay, I do have that. Um, now, if I can just find it. Um, uh, no, no, no. It's back here. Ah, here it is. So it's actually in a book called A Parent's Guide to Gifted Children which I've talked about before when I was talking about giftedness with Candace. Um, and I was just reading about these sort of like different kinds of depression. And it was talking about, oh my goodness, idealism. Oh yeah, okay, so other sources of depression. So, you know, like I'm fairly aware of depression, major depressive disorder, and, you know, I've studied it uh, both in the lab and, you know, understanding the research associated with depression. But then I came across this term uh, called existential depression, and I actually don't see, well, I was talking about existential issues. <laughs> I guess I just called it existential depression. I'm going to continue to call it that. But it was talking about um, in a section called other sources of depression and idealism, perfection, and disappointment was one of the subheadings. And I'm going to you know share this with you, but it doesn't, I actually think that this is a conversation beyond just like the gift of children stuff so just like ignore that if this is an issue for you in any way and just like think about what I'm actually saying so uh, some children are often disappointed in themselves if they fail to live up to their own self-imposed and then in parentheses and unrealistically high standards for achievement morals and other values this can sometimes lead to depression um, some children like gifted children have high ideals when combined with their zeal and intensity they these ideals can easily evolve into perfectionism as mentioned in a previous chapter some children come to believe that being perfect is the only acceptable level of performance and they set impossible goals for themselves even when they make progress towards the goal they focus on how much farther they still have to go their perfectionism often leads to social and emotional difficulties and is also a component of clinical depression So, um, then it also, fast forward to a few, few pages, talks about existential concerns. So, 
um, this idealism and aloneness can lead to a fourth type of depression called existential depression. See, that was something. Which most often occurs in children and adults who are very bright. This kind of depression is not a single occurring event. It does not go away after a person experiences. Once existential issues are brought into conscious thought, they must be continually addressed. You cannot return to a time when this concern did not exist. As the saying goes, you cannot unbake the cake. These children must subsequently learn to manage these issues throughout their lifetime. Existential issues include the big humanitarian problems in the world, war, poverty, starvation, global warming, dishonesty and cruelty. Uh, gifted children, even at a very young age, frequently worry passionately about issues like these. Why do these problems exist? Surely there must be a way to solve them. When, young ch- when a young child is asked to tell you her three wishes, at least one will usually be solved, used to solve one of these world problems. These children then realize that relatively few adults seem to be concerned as they are about these problems, and they feel powerless to influence any change to save the world. From the child's point of view, it seems that people around her, not just her peers, but also teachers, parents, politicians, and those in authority, think only superficially about these issues. Whereas the gifted children envisions how the world ought to be and is quite distressed that so few others share her idealism or vision, even though the solutions to some of the world's problems seem so easy and obvious. <sighs> anyway, it goes on and on to talk about this. And when I read this, I just immediately felt like I found a home for some of the experiences that I have. And I think. So two things. One, um, I, I share this experience with gifted children and anyone else who may or may not be gifted who experiences this. I, I share this like desire and this like deep understanding of or deep empathy for these problems that I see existing and I really truly want to solve them. I mean, my work is about this and and it's so hard to constantly face the inability to solve it and I can see myself getting more and more upset and losing this idealism as I get older which is a common phenomenon to you know lose or have your idealism dwindling and I hate that I feel like it's been particularly challenging since having a child because before that I really felt like I had lots of energy and when I felt the depths of that despair that these problems couldn't be solved, I would wallow in it for a little bit and then I would pop back up with just as much energy to try and solve these problems and I could structure my life so that I could go with this despair and then I could rise back up when I had that enthusiasm. and. I really had a lot of freedom to, you know, wax and wane with all of this. And then I lost that. And I'm really, really struggling with how to, not even how to, I'm struggling with the, the reality that I can't wax and wane with my emotions. And when I do, it comes out with me being a terrible parent. And so that's where the other part of this, this, you know, perfectionism, and idealism comes out in terms of what I expect to be as a mom. And I absolutely do not identify with as a perfectionist. That's I don't see that happening in 
anywhere else in my life except with this idea of being a mom. And I do have this very strong ideal of what a mother should be. And especially as someone who is well-trained in psychology, you know, I have the knowledge of how I should treat other individuals and I have mental health knowledge and I have all these other resources and pieces of knowledge at my disposal to be that better ideal mom and I'm constantly realizing that I'm not that and the challenging part is that I I can't give up my my desire when I realize I'm not good enough would be to quit (laughs) because why would I keep doing it if I'm terrible at it when I see little progress when it just constantly feels like a challenge and then on the problem with that is that I can't quit I can't escape I can't run away I can't stop being a mom because there is a child who's dependent on me and so these two things really collide and um, I don't know create this whole other experience that is really hard for me to navigate and so yeah I end up sitting here um, feeling it and feeling this the depression the disgust the pit at the bottom of my stomach the lethargy the lack of enthusiasm, the despair, and really just like nausea inside me. And I, you know, Mike and I have talked about this before because he does recognize this idealism in me and that I get so upset by it. And he's desperately trying to, not even desperately, he's trying to help me come out of it and and see the sort of middle ground in all of it. But I find it so challenging. I don't know how to let go. (coughs) I don't know how to just accept that the world is always going to have its challenges. And that the world itself is not perfect. And and that I will always have my challenges and I am not going to be perfect. I just don't know how to keep striving for that. While also recognizing that it's an impossible dream. I don't know. I don't know what I'm striving for then. Like if it's not to... To have that utopia. Like I know when I'm saying this. It sounds ridiculous. But this is legitimate. And. Now I have a term. To describe it. My existential depression. Uh, When excessive feelings of. Personal responsibility for humanity. Surface. Then sadness, anger, helplessness and depression. Inevitably result. For these children to survive and become content, it will be essential to help them feel that someone else truly understands their feelings, 
feel that their ideals are shared by others and that they are not alone and join efforts with other idealists in ways that can impact the world. Only then will these children find meaning in their own lives and in their association with others so that they believe they belong in this world. Family, friends, and mentors can be important guides to help these children uncover ways to find meaning for their lives and develop a life perspective of a reasonable contentment. I do feel great when I'm working with others on impacting the world. So maybe I just need to do it more. But in my defense, I also feel like an introvert and sometimes I just need to retreat from everyone. I feel like I can go into a whole lot of other stuff, but that's enough for this. I don't want to open too many can of worms right now. I mean, but then I kind of do because, so what I just thought about in that long pause, which was really long in my mind, was how I'm also feeling the consequence of having someone visit me who's struggling with their own illness that I want to make better and I can't and that helplessness impacted or not impacted that helplessness combined with my sleep deprivation and pain, physical pain, just makes for a really shitty Monday. Maybe that's the end of today. <laughs>